Thank you, Elizabeth. Absolutely fantastic. You know, this morning I want to share something that is, is perhaps one of the closest messages on my heart because when God showed this to me a few years ago, it completely changed my life, turned my life completely around. And I pray this morning it will bless you, it will encourage you, not just for today, but for your entire journey. Because God loves us. He's only got good plans for our lives. And I want to talk this morning about the rest of God. And I'm going to start off with a scripture to encourage you perhaps. You've never heard, you know, this before. But it's going to come up on your screen. And you, I want you to make this personal to you. Jesus is saying this to you right now this morning. Matthew 11 uh, verses 28 to 30. It should come up on your screen right now. And these are the words of Jesus. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll read that again. Come to me this morning, all you who labor and are heavy laden, carrying heavy weights, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And he says again, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me take you back a few years and, you know, adding, carrying on from the story that I've been sharing for a couple of weeks. Uh, and this, this, this message, this revelation came to me in one of my darkest hours, perhaps one of the biggest battles in my entire life when I lost my job uh, and never knew what the future was going to look like. You know, it, it hit my confidence, my, uh, you know, my whatever security in, in my job, the finances that were coming in. And as you heard the last time, I never knew how the next, uh, you know, phase of my life was going to pan out. It was a dark phase, darkness, gloom all around me. And I remember in the midst of that, uh, we had to go to Lyra's brother's birthday, uh, you know, uh, one afternoon. And so, you know, very reluctantly, I didn't feel like doing it, but that was the right thing to do. We uh, got into a, a rickshaw. If you don't know what's a rickshaw, it's a tuk-tuk in some other places, a three-wheel, kind of a small little taxi. And we're sitting there going to my, my wife's brother's birthday party, and everything in me didn't want to go because I, in my, I was saying, Lord, everyone's going to be in a happy, good mood, but I'm in turmoil on the inside. I'm, I've got gloom. I've, I, I'm just worried about the future. You know, everything is dark. I, I just don't feel like going. And as I was processing that in that moment of time, and I'm, 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 I'm rushing because of time. I want to keep it as short as possible. It's as if this happened yesterday. I can, I can, I can just feel and, you know, remember that moment, uh, as it happened, I just felt the voice of God hit me like a bolt of lightning. Not an audible voice, but for those of you who know how God speaks in your spirit, you just know that he's speaking. And it was as if a flash of lightning hit me in that moment of time. And the Lord used these words. The Holy Spirit said this to me in, those moment, in that moment. And he said, Chris, in order for you to appropriate all my promises in your life, You've got to operate from a position of rest. 
clear as crystal. That was what the Holy Spirit dropped into my spirit in that moment. Chris, if you have to appropriate all my promises in your life, all the specific words that I spoke of your destiny or your future, what are you going to do? All of them, including the words that are in the Bible, the promises. If you have to appropriate all of them in your life, you, Chris, have to operate from a position of rest. I tell you, something happened in that moment of time. I don't know. I can't explain it. But something lifted off. It was as if that heavy, dark cloud that had engulfed me for, the, for three or four weeks before that suddenly lifted. Now, the circumstance hadn't changed. I still was faced with an uncertain future. But when those words dropped into my spirit, I knew something had shifted in my life. Something had shifted over me. Something had shifted for my future. And I just felt some lightness come over me in that moment. And I was excited. And I said, Lord, tell me more. Tell me more. And suddenly, boom, the Holy Spirit started downloading stuff into my heart and my spirit. In fact, I turned to Lyra and I didn't tell her what was happening. She didn't have a clue. I was going through this experience. I said, do you have a, pen, a paper and a pen? I need to write a few things down. She said, no, I don't. And I said, Holy Spirit, help me to remember these things till I reached my brother-in-law's place. And when I went there, asked for a pencil paper, went into a quieter place and wrote things down. And I couldn't wait to go home that night because I knew God had me on to something. In order for me to appropriate all his promises in my life, I needed to operate from a position of rest. And I want to say that to you before we build on it this morning. In order for you to appropriate all his promises, there may be unfulfilled destinies lying in your spirit right now. Dreams, prophetic words, callings that God said about your life 15, 20, 30 years ago. And it's still not come to pass. You're standing on promises that you read in the Bible every day. Someone said there are 365 promises. In order for us to appropriate those promises in our lives you and I must operate from a position of rest. And that was a game changer for me. And that night I went home and I began to wait on the Lord and say, Lord, now, Holy Spirit, tell me more. What were you trying to tell me? And one of the passages that the Holy Spirit first took me to that night was Hebrews 4, verses 1 to 11. The reference is on your screen. I've hadn't put the words there uh, because it's a long passage. I'm going to read it as quickly as I can. But make note of it and read it when you get back home. Hebrews 4, verses 1 to 11. Now, we know Hebrews speaks a lot about faith. But I never made note that Hebrews also spoke about rest. Faith and rest. And I realized it went hand in hand. So Hebrews 4, verse 1 to 11, very quickly. It says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest. Now, Paul is writing to Christians, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Verse 3, for we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. 
and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Verse 6, since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those who, to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time as it has been said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterwards have spoken of another day. Now verse 9, 10, 11 are very important. It says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. I trust you are people of God. And if you're not a person of God, I want to encourage you by the end of this sermon, become a child of God. Because you then have access to what I'm going to speak about over the next few minutes. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest, that's God's rest, has himself, that ourselves, also seized from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. I like those verses. It says, there is a rest that we, en we have entered into, but there is an entering into consciously when we get a revelation of what that rest is. And I was excited that night. I, I initially didn't grasp what this was trying to say. There's so much in it. There's a lot in it. And I said, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me? So I began to read and read. I must have read it about 20, 25 times. Just read it and read it and read it and read it. And then one or two things started to emerge as I began to read. And one of them was, why is this rest linked with God resting on the seventh day? What's the connection? What's the connection? And so as I was meditating on that, the Holy Spirit said, I want you now to go and read the account of creation and why God rested on the seventh day. So I went there, I began to read. And as you know, the, the account of creation is mentioned in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Genesis 1 gives you a detailed account of what happened day 1, day 2, day 3, day 4, and so on and so forth. But then you go to Genesis chapter 2, it, it, go, it pans backwards. I don't know what's it, pan out or pan in. It goes backwards and gives you an, a kind of a macroscopic view of what's happening in Genesis 1. Genesis 1 gives you a microscopic view, but Genesis 2 gives you a, a bigger picture of what's happening in Genesis 1. And then the Holy Spirit said, I want you to read Genesis 2. Verses 4 to 6. And that's going to come on your screen right now. Genesis 2 verses 4 to 6. And it says this. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. So it's telling us what happened in Genesis 1. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Verse 5. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not yet sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. And boom, in a moment something was highlighted to me that I'd never thought of before. Now, it says that God rested on the seventh day. Now, it doesn't mean that God was tired. I'm sure you understand God doesn't get tired. 
But it says when God rested, it says he ceased because you link it with Hebrews 4. It says he ceased from his works. That means he stopped doing what he had to do. He didn't need to do anything more. He stopped. He ceased on the seventh day because what he did, what he said, what he spoke had already happened, taken place. But interestingly, Genesis 2, the the macroscopic view of Genesis 1 says when God created, there wasn't any shrubs or trees or plants that actually appeared. And I do not know whether it took one millisecond or whether it took a day. I don't know how long it took for the mo- from the moment when God said, let there be, to the time when the mist or the springs needed to come up in order to water the earth for the plants to come up then, after, they were, after the ground was watered, but what the Holy Spirit was saying, whether it took a second, whether it took a month, whether it took a week, we, it doesn't matter. But God could seize on the seventh day and he didn't need to look back and, think, and hope now I've spoken. I, I, I just hope everything comes up as planned. God could walk away because when God spoke, it would come to pass. He already, by his word, spoke into being the process that was going to bring into manifestation the fullness of what he intended in his heart and in his mind during the time of creation. And so on the seventh day, God could walk away, cease, stop, because he already created and he already provided for mankind, even though perhaps the things didn't spring up straight away and they had to give time for the, for the ground to be watered and then for the plants to come up and everything to, to bloom and mushroom. But the principle was this. God could walk away and stop because his word was enough. Once it went out of his mouth, the Bible says it does not come back void without accomplishing what it set out to do. And then the Holy Spirit said, Chris, what was those beautiful words Jesus uttered on the cross of Calvary? It is finished. And the Holy Spirit said, Chris, in that moment of time, When Jesus cried out, it is finished. Not only was your salvation taken care of, but every detail concerning your life was already put in place because Jesus took care of it on the cross of Calvary. It was finished. The outworking, the process may sometimes take time. I may not fully comprehend what's going on. It may seem like, is there anything good going to come out of this? But when I became a Christian, my life was grafted in with Jesus. It says I I identified then with his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and now I'm seated with him in heavenly places. When Jesus said, it is finished, every detail of my life has, has already been taken care of. Hallelujah. Even though I may not see it. And suddenly that night in my room, I realized I may be going through a situation that's not looking good right now, but because I'm a child of God, it is finished. Every single detail, the good, the bad, the ugly, that may seem like it's not going the way I want it to go, Jesus has already taken care of it. And now the process of my life is being outworked according to his plan because now I am his child. 
And in order now for me to allow his process to come to pass, I can stay and I need to operate from a position of rest, knowing that it is finished. Hallelujah. It's finished. So I only got my new job before I even got it in a way. And whether I got it or not didn't matter because he had the plan. He already spoke about my life even before every, any single day of it came to pass. And when I'm a child of God, I then graft myself into the plan that he has for my life. Today, I know that all things that I might go through will work together for my good. I know it now because it is finished. It's finished. I, have to, I had to walk in that revelation now that my life is in his hands. Even when it doesn't look like the way it's meant to go, I am confident that he who began the good work in my life will bring it to completion. It is finished. I am in Christ. My, my life plan now is grafted in with Christ. I needed to have a revelation that I need to operate now. Whatever the storm may look around me, whatever the situation, operate in a position of rest. And I realized after that, every time I came out of the place of rest and let worry come in, let doubt come in, let all kinds of complex anxiety come in, I would make things worse for myself. Because by worrying, I would do things that I shouldn't have done. I would go to plan B because I'm still panicking and worrying and stuff like that. And every time I'd say, God, what's happening? Holy Spirit would say, what did I teach you? Go back into the position of rest. It is finished. And that's when I began to realize faith and rest are so linked together. Because in, in rest, I'm in faith that my God has already planned this route that I'm now walking on. I'm not afraid. I'm not fearful. Because he spoke, it will come to pass. If God said it, he will bring it to pass. He will do it. If God spoke a destiny over your life, listen, I want to remind you today, it will come to pass. Operate from a position of rest. Of course, I was excited that night. I knew I, I was on to something. I said, Lord, I understand the concept. I understand the concept now. It is finished. It's done. It's sorted. My life is already taken care of. But how do, I, how do I apply it? How do I break it down into everyday life? How do, I, how do I live it out? How do I live this concept of rest out? And very quickly, in, in about five, six minutes, these are the four things the Holy Spirit dropped into my spirit that night, and I wrote it down. And I'm just going to share it as, as the Holy Spirit shared it with me those many years ago. Four things. Four things how I bring into everyday life what operating in a place and from a position of rest looks like. Number one. Operating from a position of rest means operating in total trust. I now trust him, whatever might happen around me. I, I trust him 100%. Because that is what it means to operate from a position of rest. And let's link that in. To see, to appropriate all his promises in my life, I have to position myself in a place of rest. And one of the ways I do that is by operating in total trust. Total trust. And I'm going to read a passage that's beautiful. Highlights this. Habakkuk 3 verses 17 to 19. It says, though, the writer is saying, Though the fig tree may not blossom, 
nor fruit beyond the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food. Might sound like some of the circumstances we go through. He goes on, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Though my bank account might look empty at the end of COVID-19. Though, though my future seems bleak because of what the last 11 weeks has done. Though all this is happening, the writer says in verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I mean, he was in a far desperate position than many of us. Yet he's saying, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Why he says that is verse 19. Because he says, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. Not he may. Not I hope he does. Not if he's in a good mood today and, you know, he, he kind of decides to bless. He says, he will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high hills. Listen, I know I will die having fulfilled every single detail that God has written out for my life. Because it's not me anymore. My life is now grafted into his plan. And when he said, it is finished on the cross of Calvary. My entire life has already been taken care of. That, my friend, is total trust. When the fig tree does not blossom. When everything around you collapses and fails, yet you can look up and say, I will still rejoice because my God will make me come through. Operating from a position of rest. Thousand will fall at my right hand, ten thousand at my left, but nothing will come near me unless the Lord permits it. Trust Him. Number two. Operating from a position of rest means operating in total security. You know, Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Actually, we don't need the rest of the psalm. That one line is enough. If we grasp it, we can go home, pack up, go home. Because my security today is not in my job. My security is not in the systems of the world. My security is not in my abilities. My security is not in how good I am at doing certain things. My security is in nothing else but on God himself. My provider, my rock, my defender, my battle, my, 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 my everything, my redeemer, my justifier. Everything. When your security is on the rock-solid foundation of God and nothing else. You will not be moved. You will not be shaken. The storms will come and try to shake you. But on the inside, you know, yes, my mind is playing games. The, you know, all the butterflies are going on the inside. But I choose in that moment of time to say, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord because I trust in Him. And my security is in nothing else but in the Lord. In order to appropriate all his promises in your life, you must operate from a position of rest. Not doubt, not fear, not anxiety. Because everything else starts creeping in there. And we're human. It happens. I, like I said, I go out of the position of rest. And then Holy Spirit, I say, Chris, what did I tell you? Get back in. And the moment I get back into the position of rest, 
supernatural starts kicking in. Because then I'm giving room for God to operate supernaturally in my life. If not, I'm just making more confusion. Like Abraham going to plan B. God is still able to restore. But I've learned the best place to be is in a position, in a place of rest. Number three, very quickly. Operating from a position of rest means operating in total victory. Listen, we need to get a revelation of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. You know, we can say a small sinner's prayer and start attending church. That's brilliant. Great start. But if you and I can get a revelation of what he has won for us on the cross of Calvary. That's why he says you and I are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. He's given us victory over sin, victory over bondages, victory over powers of darkness, victory over all kinds of things that come against us. Listen, I'm encouraging us this morning to say God has a better place for you and us, you and me to walk in. God has a better place for us to live our lives in a different plane all together, to rise up on wings as eagles, not stay where all the chaos is, not stay where all the mess that gets us down and moody and depressed and anxious. The Lord says, come up to a whole different place because then you can even reach out to people and give hope because you are in a place of hope yourself. Finally, just looking at the clock, operating from a position of rest means operating in total authority. Hey, that's a whole big topic in itself and, and I, I, I don't want to expand too much, but listen, I needed to have a revelation of the authority I possess, spiritual authority And that was another game changer, a spiritual authority. I, there are, I, knew, I had to understand that there was a difference between power and authority. I thought a little bit on this in Bible school recently. You know, we've got lots of power tools. The name of Jesus is a power tool. The word of God is a power tool. Our singing and worship is a power tool. Our faith is a power tool. Uh, you know, all, we've got so much, so much, of, so much of power tools that God has given us. But what I realized that I was failing to see the effectiveness of those power tools because I wasn't standing in authority in order to use those power tools effectively. And uh, the sons of Sceva is an example. They didn't, they didn't have authority because they didn't know Christ. And they commanded those, you know, those, those demons, the seven sons of Sceva, said, in the name of Jesus that Paul is preaching about, we command you to go. And what happens? They got a big thrashing because they were trying to use the power tools, but they didn't have the authority that comes from Jesus. When you get a revelation of the authority that you and I have, listen, that is a game changer. And you know, you know talking about demons, I want, I want us to know that there is a spirit realm. You know, we can't bury our heads in the soil and think that everything in, that we see, all the challenges are, are just based on three spheres, the physical the emotional and the mental. Of course, you know, medical world and the world, they only operate in three spheres. And so they're limited in their perception and they're doing their best in meeting needs. But God is the fourth dimension, the spiritual. And, and there are many things that affect people that are not just limited to the physical, emotional and mental spheres. The root is in the spiritual. And that's why as a church of God, we've got to rise up in our authority, command evil spirits that are oppressing people. 
cast out demons. Listen, you may be tuning in today and thinking, why am I going through this year in, year out, year in, year out? Listen, call us. Give us a call. We, we perhaps need to cast some demons away that are oppressing you, holding you back, holding your blessing that God wants to give you. Authority is what is important. And so, listen, as I come to the close of this message, in order for you and I to appropriate all His promises in our lives, we must operate from a position of rest. Not a physical rest, not even a mental rest, not an emotional rest, spiritual rest, a revelation that it is finished. He's taken care of our lives if we are His children. He's taken care of it. He's taken care of it. It may not look good this morning, but I want you to know it's part of the journey. Bring yourself back into operating in that place of rest. Total trust, total victory, total security, total authority. Rise up this morning. And if you do not know Jesus today, graft yourself into Him. Put your plan aside and say, now from today, I want your plan, Lord, to operate in my life because that's when I can stand and have access to this rest that I've been hearing about this morning. A whole different plane. whole different plane. Come to Jesus. Like I said right at the start this morning, He can, he can uninstall the version that's filled with virus and install a brand new version. A better version. His version. Till we get our new bodies when we go to heaven. Listen. God has only good plans for your life and for mine. So let me close by reading this verse. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that your word is able to renew our minds. Thank you that you're causing us now to rise up, rise up, rise up. Begin. You want us to operate from a realm that you've already given us because of what you did on the cross of Calvary. Lord, you, you don't want us to run, keep running around and being tossed by circumstances all the time. But in the midst of those storms, you want us to stand. Having done all, stand in you. Stand. Unshakable. Unmovable. Seeing with the eyes of the Spirit. Bringing hope. Bringing change. 
Thank you. We can speak to those mountains. I right now I speak to those mountains. Maybe you feel that you're chained by some things. Just respond as I pray and say, Lord, that's me. Break that chain right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to those oppressive spirits. I speak to those spirits, those evil spirits that may be tormenting some of my friends tuning in today. They may be attempting to get help from different sources and it's not working. They've tried medically everything, but it's not turned anything around. I pray today they will recognize there's a spiritual dimension operating in this world. And Lord, your power is above every other power of the enemy. And we take authority in the name of Jesus. We ask every other spirit to bow down at the name of Jesus this morning. If you believe you can be set free this morning and your life will never be the same again. It was a game changer for me. It can be a game changer for you for the rest of your life. Whatever people may have said, whatever you may have thought of yourself, you can wipe that slate clean today. Ask Jesus to come in and turn your life around forever. Don't be afraid of what people might say. They're not going to help you. They can't do nothing for you. Only God can come and turn everything around. Be bold this morning. And say, yes, I need, I need help. I need prayer. I need Jesus. Today could be the turning point for the rest of your life forever. And if you are a child of God, rise up today. Operate in a whole different dimension. No more, no more of the old. Strip away those grave cloths and walk in the new life that you already have. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people say, Amen. Come on, we're going to sing a wonderful song of declaration. He who the sun sets free is free. We're going to sing and let that revelation now sink in, not now, but today and over the next few weeks. As you perceive, so shall you receive. As you perceive with your mind and your spirit, you will receive. In Jesus' name, amen.